Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and today I'm so excited to be speaking with Mara Shore. She is just getting started in the preliminary parts of her foster care journey and has a lot of goodness to share with us. So thank you for being here, Mara. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And that's, you know, I feel like you and I instantly connected and we've been messaging back and forth on IG for, for quite some time. So it's great to be able to do this together today. Yes, absolutely. And that's so funny because I was asking for people like who, you know, if you want to share, what could you share with my audience on the podcast? And I love when, what you said. So just kind of tell everyone what you were thinking when you're like, Hey, maybe I could talk about this on the podcast. So for what, what I do, we are not currently foster parents. Uh, so we don't, I think that's where we're, we're different than a lot of your other guests. We don't, I didn't grow up as a foster, you know, a foster child, you know, in a foster home, we didn't have it with another foster child living with us or, or children, in, you know, in our home. So it is really interesting, our journey, my journey, so to speak, and wanting to share that there are so many ways somebody can help the community. If you know how, and I think that that's one of the biggest just bottlenecks in the system and biggest issues in the system right now is that people are inherently good, despite what the world looks like some days (laughs) and people want to, people want to help people want to do good. And so they just don't know how. So I started by volunteering and learning and then, you know, you kind of just continue into this world and you know, you and I have, have talked a lot too, is that there's things that once you see, you can't unsee. And so that has opened so many opportunities for me as a community member and a non-foster parent right now to be able to open up, open up the ability to help and help the agencies and the people out there that are doing some of that harder work right now. Mm, yeah, I love that so much. And I just love that your heart was like, can we talk about what it's like to be on the initial side of things and how to start helping? We don't have to necessarily be even taking our first foster care class. We can be doing so much in the community and then in outreach and things like that. So tell me kind of what started that thought process for you, because I don't think that's something that most people are just like, yes, how can I help, help foster parents and foster youth today? So how did that start for you? Absolutely. So one of my very best friends is, uh, is on the board with legal aid. So I am based here in Orlando. And, um, so we are, we are orange County, Florida. I joke that we're orange County, Florida, not orange County, California. (laughs) So she is on the board for the legal society of orange County and with, with the orange County bar. And, she and her, you know, her parents are both lawyers. Her father's a retired judge. So they're so incredibly knowledgeable about the system. And her father is actually a, a GAL, a guardian ad litem. And I had spent the past 
several years advocating for my grandmother who passed right before COVID uh, at a glorious 95 years old. And so when I was starting to toss around some ideas of me being ready to get back into community involvement earlier this year, and she said, what about volunteering with the guardian midlitum program, but in order to be a GAL, which is what guardian midlitum stands for that, that person that advocates, uh, advocates at the legal level, you have to be a lawyer of which I am not. So, and then she is, so she said, what if you become, and here in, in our County, they call us VAX volunteer advocate for children in most other places I have learned, they call them CASAs. And so if you look up the terminology, that's what we were talking about. I said, no, no, I don't feel like I'm equipped. I wouldn't know what I was doing. And she said, okay, but here, here's a link. <laughs> let me, let me introduce you to this. Here's, here's a link. And I did some research, asked some questions. I asked a lot of questions about things and I ended up signing up for just for an information class on the volunteer advocate who works very closely with the lawyer. And I went through training and a certification program. You go through fingerprinting. And basically the goal is that here in Orange County, so in our county alone, there are 70, 70, uh, approximately 70 to 80 VACs. There are 1,700 cases here in our county alone. And that was this spring. So I know that that number most likely has increased uh, since I've, I've had that current number, but there are 1,700 cases. That being said, every case could be more than one child. So it could be that if you have three bio siblings that are 100% related, meaning the same mother, the same father, that is a case. It's a different case if there are, you know, for, for half siblings, et cetera. So with that, I looked at my first, they, they, you know, they emailed me, the Orange County Legal Aid Society emailed me. And my role is to make sure that that case that I'm assigned to, they don't get lost in the system. I, it is my job to help advocate because a GAL, a, a, that guardian ad litem could have a few cases and not be able to touch base with them on a regular basis. So it's my goal um, or my role, I should say, not my goal. My, my role is to con, you know, be in contact. And they said, meet once a month, either on zoom, because it's a pandemic or in person and submit this report. I said, but what if I feel like that's not enough? that they're not necessarily, you know, safe and I need to check in more than once. So there's something going on. And they said, okay, you can do that then. <laughs> Cause I, that was my concern was what if that wasn't enough? And they, I have been, I say that the universe gives you what you need when you need it. And so I'm Jewish. I know from listening to your, your podcast that you are, you are not, but that is absolutely okay. I say that the universe or God or whoever that is, but I believe that you get what you need when you need it. And we, when I got my list of assignments, we, you know, you, they let you choose. And I, you know, had chosen, I said, well, actually somebody got to that case first. So here we're going to give you a fresh list. I realized I personally did not feel as like, I would know enough what to do for domestic abuse or sexual abuse. It's just something that I personally did not feel I would be able to handle quite as well at the moment. And um, I just haven't had, thank goodness, I haven't had any interaction with that personally. However, our family has had a longstanding history of, of drug abuse and mental health issues. So those were things that I'm very drawn to. So when I looked at the cases, I chose a case that I felt I could personally connect with and know how to handle in my family. We know how mental illness and we know how 
drug abuse affects and has a ripple effect into the family. Mm -hmm. So when I chose my case, um, I forever grateful for, for the case I have. I, I say that I'm very fortunate. I know she is um, my my kiddo. So little little girl in elementary school. She uh, Luckily, I know she is safe where she is. She is loved where she is. She has a kinship placement, but there's a lot of services that we need to advocate for um, on a regular basis. So, and the goal is you want to advocate uh, to make sure that they have their health. She had never been to a dentist before. And so we needed to make sure she was getting all those services that they have a doctor you know, they have their exams that we get her all the information she needs. So we know what plan she's on because they do have Medicaid placements um, or Medicaid attached when they're in foster care. And so for things like eye exams, or do they need tutoring services or, you know, different things, we, some cases, um, and I won't give the details of our case. So some cases uh, there is visitation, and some cases there is not visitation. So it's checking to see if visitation is met or is not met, you know, and what else is needed? Are caregiver funds being received so that you can really make sure that the child has exactly what they need in that home because it's a whole other a whole other kiddo. And so on the one hand, uh, I saw all of the needs that, that she had and got to work helping however I could, both as a community member and gathering donations of things that she needed because she was placed pretty instantly because of her case and because of some things that were going on. And then so I got to work helping however I could there along with working with legal aid and seeing what does she need on that side. And then as I got deeper and deeper into seeing what it is that my, my kiddo, as I call her, uh, so that she needed, I saw that there were so many other kids that don't have what they need as well. And so when I said, well, what are some of the other needs? And that's when I became aware of how children often will come into care with trash bags because they're just told gather your things when they're taken, you know, by DCF gather your things, put whatever you want or have in a trash bag and off we go. Kids often don't have duffel bags. Often they might not come with toothbrushes or toothpaste or face wash or things like that. We've had, and when I found out about this, I actually joined our local buy nothing group. Uh, so I say on Facebook, I always encourage now everybody to join their local buy nothing group. It's B-U-Y nothing, like don't purchase anything. And realize that community members want, they want to help they just don't know how. And so by saying we need duffel bags, we need toiletries, we need backpacks. There is somebody in our community that we call her uh, the bike fairy. Kathy Downs is known as the bike fairy. Mm -hmm. And she is an avid cyclist. She collects bicycles from people in the community. She has a team of people that tune up bicycles. They collect helmets twice a year. They have a bike event so that kids in Orange County who are in, you know, in the system and in care can get a bike. They can go, they can pick out a bike. And so I've said to her, you know, as I've, I've, literally have met her from dropping off like helmets and scooters and bicycles on her patio, but people want to, to help and they just often don't know how. So for, uh, for me, that's been a pretty inspiring way to do that. I know that's always the long-winded answer. I always, I always tell people, if you ask me, be prepared. I will, I will go on and on about ways that people can help because I'm so passionate about it. So Ugh, that's the best. I love it yeah. so much. And it's seriously it's so true. It's like, you're, you got into this, you started seeing a need. And then you're like, well, wait, what else can I do? And I think that's really so inspiring, but it's also very, you know, encouraging that it can be that ripple effect for other people. Like once you, like you said, once you see something, you can't unsee it. And when you see a way to help, then you can maybe see another, 
And then it goes from there. And you're also inspiring people around you, you know, to get involved as well. Even on the buy nothing group, you're like, hey, I'm giving this to a child who just entered foster care. And people are like, oh, foster care is a thing. You know, sometimes it doesn't get over on people's radar. They, and I, I joke that I've become like the suitcase and backpack lady in this, in this group, because I, you know, I was away at my dad's last weekend. And so, you know, enjoying time there. And I open up Facebook at the end of the day and somebody said, you know, three people have tagged you in this post that I made about (laughs) having this, this suitcase and toiletry set Three, three different people, none of whom I have ever met have said that you collect suitcases and duffel bags and backpacks for kids in care. And can you let me know? I'm happy to either drop it off or pick it up. I now have a magnetic sign on my front door for just basically saying things are safe in our carport donations here because my husband got tired of directing people in our driveway. (laughs) If they were in the right place, he's like, babe, we have to put up a sign. But we, you know, my, uh, one of my best friends, the one that got me involved with legal aid, we, we jokingly started calling it mob, mob moves, mob standing for make Orlando better. (laughs) And so whenever we have something like that, she's like, oh, that's a mob move. And (laughs) what we have found is that people want to make their community better. And it does, it has this ripple effect because now people are aware of, of other ways that they can help. And it is both the most heartwarming and heartbreaking thing. And, you know, you and I have talked about you, you can't, you can't unsee it. And there's just so many different ways people can help, even if it's not taking a child into foster care, because it might not be right for everybody at the right time. And I know you've talked about that on other episodes with guests too, that as much as people want to say, oh yes, everybody should do it. It's not necessarily right for everybody at the same, at the same time or at any point in time. So I think knowing how else people can help, we have actually either dropped off or had an amazing member of, of legal aid come pick up I lost track. We had five or six car loads of donations at this point. My husband and I, at one point they said to me, in order to keep all these donations somewhere, we're going to need extra bookshelves. So I posted on buy nothing on the buy nothing group. And somebody said, I have a bookshelf. So we dropped off a bookshelf. You know, at one point the executive director said, there's a teen girl that needs a study space in her room. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a place to study. And she's, you know, half jokingly said, if you can find a desk. And within 36 hours, somebody had said, I have a desk in my garage and dropped it off. And she was studying this little girl, not, I shouldn't say little um, teen girl. I've never met her, but she was studying at her desk by that, you know, that evening. And it makes all the difference that this child now has a safe place and a, a, you know, a cozy place to study. And it's going to make all the difference. I mean, that right there. I mean, think about like, that's just like, how significant is that to that girl that like someone saw her need and cared enough to make something happen and make it happen quickly in a way that would work for her. I mean, they have enough going on these kids without, you know, these other like day-to-day problems that we absolutely as a community can come around and be like, okay, it's unacceptable that you're in foster care and you're, and you don't have a place to study. We can take care of that. And I, and it's so much, you know, if you ask, it's almost like if you say to somebody, how can I help? And sometimes you, they go, uh, you know, it's like option overload, but what do you mean? I don't know what you're looking to do. I don't. So if you say, these are the things I'm interested in doing, how can I help through this? What are the needs? And it is amazing to me once you narrow it down, how quickly you can activate 
and, Mm -hmm. and whether it is your local legal aid society, whether it is, you know, we have here in central Florida, we have a couple organizations that, you know, through case managers, you know, there's, so they're assigned a case manager. So whether it's connecting to the case managers themselves and saying, let me know what your, what your kids need. Do they need, you know, do they need clothes? Do they, do you need to do a, a diaper drive? Do you need to do a formula drive? Do, you know, do you need toiletries so that yes, in theory, funding should be provided for toothbrushes and toothpaste, but funding is a funny thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> funding is a, is a funny thing, how that works. And we even, you know, I even reached out to my kiddos uh, case manager and said, are there any other needs? Any of your other cases might you know, might need, for example, this is what we do with legal aid. And so we reached out to this other entity and she said, actually, there's two kids that came into care yesterday that their things are currently in trash bags. And I mm-hmm. just emailed back big exclamation points, no more trash bags. Let's, we have duffel bags. And I, you know, had said who, so me or, or the other person that I tag team things like this with, which one of us is going to get them. And they had, they had their duffel bags. We're not we just, when you're small, you can activate. So I think that people don't realize all the different ways that there are to help. Mm-hmm. I like what you just said. Like, you know, when we're small, we can activate, we can do the scrappy on the ground, like boots on the ground, grassroots stuff. And, you know, with enough of us doing it, it really makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And I say that with that, one of the other things I like about it is that I can work it around my schedule quite selfishly mm-hmm. that. I work full time, I travel. So if I take a week off from don't, you know, from collecting donations, I can do that. I don't necessarily ever take time off from advocating for my kiddo. She, and I was talking with her aunt even this morning who uh, she's placed with and you know, she said, she's, she's amazing They're You know, her aunt and uncle are absolutely amazing. And she said, you know, when we talk about you to people, we say, this is Mara. So this is how she fits into this situation, but she's also our friend mm-hmm. and we've become very, very close. And so I say that I'm looking forward to the day that that particular case is closed so that we can start having social time with them <laughs> because we just adore them so much as a family, but they're People, there's so many different ways to help outside of just necessarily fostering in your own home. And that's just like the one thing I can't emphasize enough. Mm -hmm. And I just love that you have, you know, just really continued on with that. It's not like you, you know, took one bag of donations, which would have been totally great if you did, you know, but like, you're like, no, we can keep going with this. We can keep going. And actually I know just from our conversations online lately, you have kind of kept going in other ways. What are you kind of, where are you guys headed with, with all this advocacy? We have, so, uh, we are slowly starting to tell people, um, and my husband and I actually are, you know, we've, we've signed up to learn more about becoming possible foster parents ourselves. And we get a lot of questions. So I think that's the one thing I would tell people is that you get a lot of questions. Uh, when you tell people, some people who are very well-meaning will try and (laughs) and scare you out of it. Um, I think only you and your household can decide what's right for you. And there's so many different types of, of placements out there. And I, I do say we are fully prepared to be scared off at any point. We haven't uh, started our classes yet. And so that's going to be 10 weeks plus three, you know, three weeks of holiday in there. So we won't be, you know, we won't be licensed uh, for a while because of, and we're, we're okay with that because there is more than enough time to continue doing other things for good. Um, in that 
process and that timeline, we don't have a compelling event that we need to be certified to help someone in particular into our home. Mm -hmm. So we can afford that time. They offered us a more concise schedule. And my husband said, we do not need to be spending seven hours a week on Zoom. right now. Um, thanks to the pandemic, it's all on zoom. So he's like, we really don't need to be spending seven hours a week on zoom. Cause it's three to three to three and a half hours a night, Mm. um, or per class for 10, 10 weeks. So, and all of that. So we are currently exploring, you know, exploring all of that. And I say, we're, we're fully prepared. If we learn something that we say it is not right for us, we're fully prepared to be scared off, but we are fully prepared to open, open our homes, whether it is for respite or emergency placement is more what we're thinking now Mm -hmm. Uh, that might change down the line. So I think it's just in the meantime, continuing to, to learn and read and talk with other people that are in there doing the work and and doing it, doing the thing. So it's just learning from people. That's why I always encourage people to follow social media accounts, follow, you know, listen to podcasts. And, you know, if, if a long form book isn't quite your thing yet, (laughs) there's so many, so many resources out there to learn more. Oh my gosh. Well, you are just such an incredible role model in so many ways, but also just in the the wording that you just use for prospective foster parents or just prospective people who are curious about foster care and what does it look like? Because I, like you said, we could be prepared to be scared off anytime and that's totally fine. That's actually good if, if it's not a fit for you, you know, but you don't know until you get that information. So you and your husband are going out there and you're saying, yeah, we're going to explore this. And that's just like such a great attitude to have. And like you said, and you already know, there's so many ways to help if it doesn't like end up with you doing foster care. That's neither better nor worse than, you know, if it does, you're, we're all on the same team and we're all just trying to make life easier for the kids who are in care currently. So I appreciate you saying that. Yes. So I think it's just, you know, learning more. We even, it's so funny, the executive director of legal aid, I said, you know, is there anything else you guys need right now? She's like, for now as far as things in our office were good. She said, I've, and I said, okay, can you, can you start introducing me to some other organizations that might have some other needs? And she's like, I've never had a problem with riches like this before. So, so I said, who else would you like me to speak with? And so I'm meeting someone that leads a group home mm-hmm. for, for teen girls um, this week. So we're going to, we're going to start the conversation there. And I think it's just continuing to learn more in whatever way works, works for you as, as individuals. And if it feels better to clean out your own closet and donate journals and school supplies and that, you know, backpacks that are still in great condition. Cause your, your own child decided they wanted to switch themes this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all of those things are, are perfectly awesome. So mm-hmm. I just encourage people just to help in some way anyway. Mm-hmm. Man, that is the best. Like, no, we should end on that mic drop. I love it. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course, all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. But Mara, where can people follow you online and just get some more information or, or reach out with questions if they have any? Sure. So two different places. Uh, I am my my personal Instagram, which is mostly you're going to see photos of my foster dogs because um, I do <laughs> foster dogs as well. Um, awesome. So 
but you're welcome to find me there at Mara Shore, M-A-R-A-S-H-O-R-R. And then you're also welcome to follow, we just created an Instagram account um, for our mob moves as well. So at Make Orlando Better. And even though we focus on Orlando, quite honestly, there are things that really would translate into any city, anywhere. So you are welcome to touch base with me. I obviously will geek out on all things, all things volunteering and and helping out for just to make the community a better place. And especially yes. all they always to help out kids in care. Oh, thank you so much. That's so encouraging. And I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. And I am happy to do it anytime.